Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, my patron peeps, you know, but some patrons, some patrons don't actually either, they don't have their, they don't hear this message. I mean, maybe you're already asleep. That's great. You look so great. But I put these messages specifically, record them separately, edit them in separately, because the show would not exist without you. So thank you so much again. This is, uh, I'm recording this well, well, well before it comes out. So this should come out towards the end of the year. We're, we're, I'm recording this before episode 1000 even got released. So thank you so much. It wouldn't be possible without you. Thanks. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble, getting to sleep, trouble, staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do as a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed and turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever is keeping you awake, whether that's thoughts, you know, things on your mind that you're thinking about, like about the past, the present, the future, stuff, uh, lists, all that. Holy moly, thoughts, uh, thoughts. We all got them. Holy cow. I've said thoughts. I've said it before. I've thought it many more times than that. Uh, thinking. Oh, boy. Gosh, gosh, bagash. Been a while since I said that on here. So thoughts, feelings, could be feelings related to, uh, I think I walked by an Oshkosh Bagash store. I said, by gosh? I mean, like literally, either they sold Oshkosh Bagash or it was an actual Oshkosh Bagash store. And I did say, by gosh, because uh, my daughter said, Dad, what are they selling Oshkosh Bagash? Oh, it was an outlet, uh, I think. And I said, by gosh, I don't know, but I use that on the podcast. I said, over, I, other than overalls, I have no idea, honey. I said, clothes you might put on a, like, I always imagined, it, like, it was my, the only things, I never, I don't know, think I ever owned any Oshkosh, but gosh. Good clothes made, designed for having a matching set, overalls. Uh, and I said, but I just love saying it, Oshkosh, but gosh. Oh, so, oh, so feelings. You could be having feelings about that or but past, present. They're good for also, sorry, my brain keeps interrupting me. Good for climbing. If 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 you had to say what other features do Oshkosh Bagash clothing have, I'd say it's my understanding they're playground friendly because I think, I don't know if they had television commercials, but the commercials that are running in my mind right now include children in a uh, panel, like rainbow colors of overalls, climbing and sliding. Also, I'd say they, if they weren't, weren't, they'd be skinning their knees if they didn't have. Here's, I, I can't, has this statement has not been evaluated by anybody with common sense, but Oshkosh Bagash might not skin your knees as much. Take it from me, I've never worn them. Oshkosh Bagash, uh, soon. Uh, to be deal uh, soon, I'll be dealing with it. Soon, I'll be working at the outlet uh, to pay for to pay the. Say, can I, can we work that out? I'll just work at the outlet. And let's just drop this whole thing. I'll work a few hours at your. Uh, how about this? It, it, like uh, hundreds of thousands of people are going to hear the name of your product over and over again in an amusing way. So, oh, thoughts, feelings, uh, physical sensations could be something physical coming up for you. 
or emotional or just the thoughts or a combination of those. It could be changes in time, temperature, routine. Holy cow. Would my route, if I had to commute to an Oshkosh, they say, yeah, you can work at the main one, Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And I'd say, well, but I, like, I don't, but I'd say, what well, sounds like a lovely, like, uh, could I live above the store? Like, if we could set this up for four or five years from now, I'd be into it. How about this? I live in the store. Like, like, well, is it an outlet? Or because, uh, like, uh, I'd have to see it first. But uh, does the store have a slide? Okay, they they they're not online anymore. Oh, I'm supposed to. I'm, oh, so thoughts. Whatever it is that's keeping me awake, I'm here to take your mind off of stuff. Maybe I already did that. Uh, and keep you company. I'm not really here to put you to sleep. I'm here to be your friend in the deep dark night. And the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to send my voice across the deep dark night. I'm going to use a lulling, silling, silly. This is lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones with about a lot of silliness mixed in there. Uh, pointless meanders and superfluous tangents. You just went along on a ride of those. All to keep you company and take your mind off stuff so you can fall asleep, which is the most important thing and message for me to get across. You deserve a good night's sleep. You and your sleep are important. And I know if this is your first time listening, that might be a strange thing to hear and you might be skeptical or doubtful or, you know, that's totally understandable too, but it doesn't change the fact that it's true. And this podcast does not work for everybody, but I just want you, if you have any takeaway from the show, that's the thing. You deserve a good night's sleep. Uh, Now, I hope this show can provide it for you because one, if you get the sleep you need and deserve, your life's going to be a little bit better, a little bit more manageable. And that means our world really is a better place to live in. If your world's a better place to live in, our whole world is. So that's important to me. It's also important to me because I've been there. Tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep, trouble waking up early, all those things. I've been there. Tossing, turning, mind. Oh, no, I already said all that. Thoughts, feelings, physical sensations, all of that. Uh, So I know how it feels to dread bedtime or the thought of it later. And if I can offer a, a goofy alternative, they say, well, at least I got that pod guy to ramble on about nothing. Say Oshkosh, but gosh, 50 or 70 times. And, but he is, and also it's like, there's a grain of, there, he's senseless, but there's a grain of sense in there. Got it. Like it, it's one grain among, among, among billions of words. Also, he's not good with numbers, but, uh, so if I can help, it's my honor. Give the show a few tries. That's what hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people have said. Hey, I didn't like it at first, or I was skeptical, or I was confused. Uh, so just kind of get, give it a few tries. Don't really listen to the show uh, actively. Like if you're waiting for it to start or for me to get to the part that puts you to sleep, it's all kind of a part of a process. So I invite you to come along for the ride and just like kind of look out the window and say, hmm, like just like do some window shopping at Oshkosh Bagash. You'll come away with very little information like I did. I mean, I'm pretty sure when I looked in the window, I know this isn't true, but I saw the Oshkosh Bagash sign. I'm pretty sure I saw my buddy doll in an Oshkosh overall going down a slide. And that's just how my mind remembers things. 
So kind of see how this podcast goes in the same way. Like, you don't have to wake up with an accurate, you say, I don't know if he ever got to a bed. Was there ever a bedtime story? I don't know. But he just kept me company while I fell asleep. So it's a podcast you don't listen to. It also doesn't put you to sleep. Like I've been saying, I'm here to be your boar bud, your boar bay, your boar bestie, your boar sib, your boar bud, your boar friend. I'm here to keep you company, whether you're awake or asleep or while you get ready for bed and unwind. I'm here to be your buddy in the deep, dark night, to take your mind off of stuff, to be that voice so you don't to make you feel less alone, I guess is a real non-subtextual way to say it. And to keep you company. In that way, if you can't sleep, I'm here to keep you company. And I'll be here to the very end if you can't sleep. But if you fall asleep, you say, the pod guy's still talking, but I don't have to listen. What a great, what a great deal we have going. He talks, I could listen, but I don't have to. Or I could barely listen, but I can listen. He doesn't promise to make any sense, but he promises to be here to keep me company. And to occasionally say words like Ashkash Bagash uh, and miss, you know, misspeak. He promises to be so imperfect. Uh, he's perfect at what he does. So that's uh, those things. The other things that can throw new people off, understandably, but they all serve a purpose. They're all part of the process of the show is the structure of the show. And the podcast is adapt, like you can adapt it for your uses, but on your first few listens, give it a try and just see how the process goes for you and then adjust. Because this is just a way the show is designed and the majority of people listen, but that doesn't mean there's a wrong or right way to listen to the show. But the show starts off with a greeting so you feel welcome and seen. Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. So you're welcomed in. Then there's some support, support for listeners, support for the community around the show, and then support for the podcast to be free, which is our main goal is to have the podcast free, sponsor and listener supported, and come out twice a week. So that's part of that. Then there's an intro. So sometimes the greeting throws people off, sometimes the support throws people off, and then sometimes the intro throws people off. And the intro goes on and on and on for 10 to 20 minutes where I try to explain what the podcast is in an efficient way, and then I get distracted by something. Tonight it was Oshkosh. By, by gosh, I was distracted by Oshkosh. Not Wisconsin, but maybe they're from Wisconsin. I don't know. I was over, now, like if I, if I sang, if I was a country and western or a folk singer, or I just know, knew how to sing or play guitar, I would sing a song about Oshkosh overalls on my mind. Uh, overalls on my undermind, under, underwear under my overalls always, because uh, that material does not look comforting. It looks like it's a kind for crawling and running. Oh boy, gosh, gosh, by gosh. Um, so, oh, oh, so the intro goes on and on. So, so, so if you're new, it can be frustrating because you're like, when's the podcast start, or why isn't it going anywhere? But yeah, this is something that's always going and never gets started because it's a part of the wind down part of the show, the ease into bedtime. So most listeners, and you could try this, is I mean, the ideal situation, even backed by all this sleep information that's out there, is to have a wind down time, to do something relaxing, to slowly get ready for bed and kind of do something maybe meditative or chill or stretch or draw or just, you know, slowly get ready for bed, you know, cleaning your face and brushing your teeth, 
but to give yourself some space between your day and your sleep. And the intro is kind of a facilitation of that. Now, there are some people that are already asleep looking so good. And uh, there are some people that are listening that they say, hey, I don't know if I'll... And they say, yeah, I'll be here. Don't worry. You don't have to fall asleep. I'm going to be here to keep you company. And there's like 2 or 3% of people that just skipped ahead, started the show at, what I, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes in. And then there's a few thousand people that listen on Patreon to story-only episodes. But for most people, and even for me, I need to ease into bedtime. I need to, to kind of slow, like, uh, I don't know, slow slowly get in there. So that's what the intro goes on and on and on for, is to, to never make any sense to keep you company. And, it, yeah, so at first it can be frustrating. Or maybe if you become a fan of the stories, you say, well, I prefer just to listen to the stories. I say, okay, that's a, a way to adapt the show using your podcast app or Patreon. So just kind of see how it goes at first, but there's a reason, like whatever they say, there's a like like there's an Oshkosh, there's a bygosh to this kosh or whatever. Does it is kosh? Can you use that as as its own word? I'm gonna have to look this up actually, because I'm saying, wait a second, am I okay with this? So we'll we'll figure that part out as looking in the history of those words. Um, so anyway, the intro goes on and on and on. Then there's uh, sponsors. That's just where sponsors, that's one of the places they'll have their spots, and they support the show being free. Then our bedtime story t- starts, at, like, whatever, 20 minutes in the show, and that's our the part that most people fall asleep to. It'll be a little train tour around the gardens at the North Pole. Seasonal material, but really nothing about like I don't know. I said when I when I got off the tour, I said huh, that wasn't that could you could really go on this tour any time of the year. Just happens to be at the North Pole, so that's that'll be the the story. Uh, it'll be relaxing. That'll go about forty five fifty minutes, and then there's the thank yous at the end of the show. So that's the structure of the show. That's why I make the show. I'm very glad you're here. I really appreciate you checking this podcast out and giving me your time. Give it a few tries to see how it goes, because I really want to help you fall asleep. So thanks again for coming by. And here's a few ways I'm able to do this for you for free twice a week. Thanks. Hello, hello. Welcome, welcome. Have a seat. Uh, This is Can I have your ticket. Uh, Thank you. I'm just going to punch your ticket here. And you already, I assume you know where you are, but welcome to the North Pole Tours, the Garden Tour of the North Pole Gardens, Garden Train. It's an, another tour. This is a soft launch. I'm glad you're here to check it out. And I'm sure the first thing you'll notice is uh, that our station is also a greenhouse, uh, and you say, well, I didn't know the North Pole had gardens. And, you know, we have different gardens for different times of year, but we also have a giant enclosed, uh, yeah, we have garden. You know, people ask for plants for the holiday season as gifts. Uh, but here you see alongside your train, as the train's going to start moving, yeah, rows and rows of, uh, you, first you see the, not roses, roses, but there are roses. Uh, I think there's, this is my first time giving a tour, so yeah, thank you for your patience. Uh, and I know you've, bought, like, hopefully you'll go on our other new tours, uh, new North Pole tours. Uh, welcome.
But here in the station, that is also a greenhouse. Uh, now, luckily, our train runs on, uh, you know, mechanisms, and the train uh, ejects carbon dioxide, which is, you know, what could be more wonderful uh, for the plants uh, that consume carbon dioxide and sunlight in this giant greenhouse and station. You also expel uh, carbon dioxide. So even when you were waiting in the station, you were uh, helping our plants. So that's a nice thing. But you'll see rows and rows and rows. You see the stanchions or the the, the supports for our giant roof. And, you know, as I traveled the world... uh, before, you know, during, you know, you've probably heard that we have an away time ourselves, but, uh, uh, like, uh, I, I did marvel at some of these train stations around the world and, you know, they, they, they were, you know, not all of them in sunny regions, uh, but a lot of them did have these, these type of, uh, what do they call them, uh, glass and steel structures that are like greenhouses, but not very many plants growing particularly. Some decorative plants, and sometimes you'd see plants growing. But uh, because you see, well, the sun, you know, lights the facility during the day and also offers some warmth. But, you know, plants, they offer uh, humidity, oxygen, and, uh, you know, just some freshness, and they also retain heat. Uh, but, so here you see these are all hanging plants on either side of the train that were passing, and the station does go from a grand station to a long greenhouse that we're still in. So it is just a few rows on either side of the train, but it kind of does look endless, uh, and these are different baskets of hanging plants um, that can be placed in other baskets, whether we're decorating homes in the North Pole uh, or uh, visitor areas or someone asks for a gift. And you could kind of see some of the flowers that are flowering right now. And they're seasonal. Again, this is like I will be looking through my guide to see what... Uh, yeah, oh, you see, okay, there's, yeah, those are S-hooks so holding the plants, and there's uh, two levels of plants, uh, but they're placed at intervals, so there's a higher plant and then a lower plant and then a higher plant and a lower plant, but not above one another, so they all get light, and they're kind of fed by, you know, a drip system invented by, you know, more of the more inventive elves than the elves that give which that are applying to be a tour guide here in the North Pole. I thought I had, I could have sworn when I was writing down ideas for the tour that I had something garden, another G. But yeah, you see some yellow flowered plants, some reddish pink plants with uh, like that are more of a, like a, like you see ones that are a group of those orange, orangish yellow ones are kind of a trumpety type flower, which I like. Uh, heralds your your arrival at the station or your departure. But then you see some uh, those single flower, those reddish uh, 
I don't know, pinkish red plants with the white uh, circle in the middle and some white highlights. Uh, those to me do feel tropical. I don't know what flower they are, but they do feel tropical and very nice. And uh, while I was talking, we're passing out of the station now. And now we're passing into a swampy region. Now, I can't get into how we maintain its swamp. Well, I can because it's covered area as well. A different type of greenhouse that kind of seems seamless from where you are. Because it is, uh, this is some sort of technology the North Pole keeps uh, from even well beyond my understanding. But this swampy region serves multiple purposes. So you see kind of those trees with the moss hanging down. A lot of those thick trees. And look at those branches. Uh, I don't know like the, what kind of tree it is, but they're lovely, lovely trees. I may know. They, they gave me a guidebook. But, uh, for you know, how can I look at a guidebook when I can look at the window? And see row and row trees and then fern-like plants uh, and palm-like plants closer to the ground. And this swamp is, uh, it, it kind of serves, like I said, it's a wetlands. Uh, so the water uh, for, for some of the plants in our area and the station, it comes in through here. And also the non-clean water comes in from a, like at a, a little bit further off, uh, because uh, this is a part of our process, water processing, and a lot of it happens naturally. And now we're going to pass. Uh, so you can see we're passing a giant tower, and you're going to see different giant towers there. And those t- giant towers, uh, now they, they're d- multi-purpose towers, of course, uh, as a lot of things are here in the North Pole. So you say, well, that looks kind of like a tower that I'd see a W-I-Z-A-R-D at. And I say, yes, I think, I'm glad you noticed that because uh, we call that the Wizard's Tower. And it is a residence. Uh, I think it does have laboratories, but the majority of the tower is not hollow. Uh, but it is, well, it is hollow, but filled with water. It's a, also a water tower. So it's a, a water tower and a tower. I don't know. Uh, I've never been in there. You have to have a special clearance. I mean, I said, so are, is it a wizard's tower for real? And they said, uh, don't worry about it. Uh, but my understanding is that it, it maintains the water pressure for the swampy areas. Uh, and like the water, like they work together somehow to do the, uh, the level, the water levels. And it's also, it also was amazing and I did ask this. I said, well, what if it was empty? Because it also asks, acts as some kind of ballast or, or and support. And there's other towers we can't see, you know, with all these trees and, and things around us. Um, that uh, it, it, it also supports the, 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 the roof or whatever's above us that's keeping this area warm. And I know you're going to ask, uh, so I guess I'll talk about it now, is that it is, uh, yeah, there is some volcanic activity, uh, just like you would imagine in, in, in beautiful books of imagination. 
that does enable a lot of this because the sun itself could not keep the North Pole this warm. So, and then I do have, I did, I'm anticipating some objections on the tour, which are understandable because everyone has their own perspective and feelings. Uh, but I do always say, well, there's nothing natural about, uh, you know, like, while we consider ourselves stewards of the world and the environment uh, here at the North Pole, uh, we also do have some technological, responsible tech uses of technology and changes to the environment that we do try to mitigate. But, uh, you know, in, in my head, I would never say, I say, well, there's nothing natural about what we do at the North Pole, uh, well, it's part, you know, they say like someone flying across the warp planet and, you know, and the distribution of all the gifts and uh, and then the different, you know, international agreements we've met, you know, to, to you know, to, you know, the, if you've heard all of our myths, maybe there's a podcast about the myths of the North Pole. You know, that it's, it's not entertaining. People always fall asleep to it. But upcoming, we have some more some areas that are a little bit open. You can see these fields, and there's more than one thing planted in these fields. I could see some sunflowers. I could see what looks like uh, um, some sort of I don't know if that's a rhubarb or what is that char char chard shard. I think it's called a Swiss shard or just regular shard. And some other plants, one that has flowers there, and then you do see some uh, orange trees and citrus trees uh, on the edge of the property there. And then higher up is some bushes. And also the bushes, I think, is also serve, you know, to help control the airflow and things. And now we're getting into a region we call, like I like to call the BEE region, and you'll see a big house there that looks like a fantasy type house uh, with different bright colors. Uh, and it, you say, wait a second, that house is not to perspective. It's at larger than life. And what is that pouring out? The house has a chimney of stone. Oh, two chimneys of stone. Yes, as you noted, uh, is that and I say no? Those are bees uh, pouring out of there. Uh, this is uh, w one of our regions uh, that is a bee house, uh, or uh, like a home for beehives is what we prefer to call it. Uh, and the, those these bees you could see that were in a region. Now, right now, there are only some flowering things. There's, yeah, there's hanging plants and and. Uh, on there, and then in the nearby surrounding the house, there are some to towering flowering plants. Towering, flowering. These plants you see at your window. They look like they're on some sort of stalk with little white uh, flowers at the top, and a lot of uh, pistols or stamens or something sticking out. Uh, but yeah, this is one of the houses uh, that. Uh, where bees live, it's but but we're inside, uh, and also yes, like that's why we built it as a house. To answer your other question, is yeah, the the house is built uh, below the house is a honey collecting area, and uh, also smokers or poofers or whatever for when like we say, hey bees hit, you know, stay calm or whatever. We're gonna do some work in the house. Uh, 
or some rearranging of the the different you know the way the different bo- I don't know I've never been in there but I imagine there's like all those beehive boxes or whatever but I mean can you imagine living in a place where uh, with a basement full of you you say what do you, what do you got in your basement honey what do you like us in jars no 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 my basement is liquid honey it's full of honey I mean I don't know if like I've heard that I've heard tell that uh you're not supposed to swim in the honey, but that uh, that a few elves have, because uh, the honey's processed, I think, or cleaned or something afterwards, because it's just been in a basement, you know. So, I mean, I, I guess, yeah. And then, and then you also see, this is, uh, there's more than one. Now, one thing that, that they, they like, uh, you, you can't see, just because of the angles, is that these houses are built on rails, and what you don't see is that they can connect to the, this train track, believe it or not. And there is other tracks off of here. What are those called? You know, track sections or whatever. So that these these bee homes uh, can be moved to where the bees are needed. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know, like because the seasonal and like I said, I'm here. I'm 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 just testing to see if this tour is viable. You know, the the this isn't supposed to be. None of these tours are supposed to be perfect, uh, because of that that would be a fantasy. <laughs> but yeah, you can even see the kind of street lights have their own planners too. So they like uh, yeah, they're, they're like the planners are even full of uh, flowers. Uh, you know, we all want the beast to feel at home, of course. And here coming up uh, on your right side is another uh, submerged wet area. I don't know if what you'd call it uh, because it's mostly filled with flowers. I guess kind of flowers that like to be in a wet, like a wet area that's not a, I wouldn't call that a swamp or a bog, though, because it's, uh, it's full of flowers. And the flowers are a lot of different colors. I'm not sure what kind of flowers there are, but I would say, man, I, I really wish I had. A, I guess I've got to make a note for my tours to expand my vocabulary of colors. Because I don't know how many times I could say maroon and lavender. Uh, uh, and it could, could you say lilac when you're not talking about, when you're talking about a flower that's not a lilac, you can't, because and I'm not even sure I would be able to. But you do see some ones that those those flowers there are like per, a combination of white and a purple and a lavender. And then some are just a stark white and some are more of an eggshell. And then some are getting into a parchment paper color. Then you have some deep, deep purple. And then you'd say well, these ones that are really close so look almost like flowers you'd expect to see under the sea. At least color-wise, you could kind of see, you'd say to yourself, is that uh, like some sort of reddish, uh, pinkish, uh, not a hot pink, but uh, capillaries almost against a white background or white capillaries against a red magenta? That Thank you. That is a magenta. Holy magenta. Okay, now over here, coming on the left, uh, is our topiary zone, and there's not a lot going on right now in the topiary zone, 
but those one day will be topiaries of famous figures of the North Pole. If this tour ends up being successful, they'd place the topiaries at different places and also to celebrate, now, now, not particularly, a lot of them are only going to celebrate uh, elven values. So things like giving a smile, focusing on a task, so, so they would be at different places as kind of a reminder of what uh, uh, our values are. Uh, that one is the most formative one. I believe that one is going to be have a dance uh, like uh, that figure, they seem to be reaching out and holding a dancing dress uh, that a lot of us enjoy wearing. And I think that like would be a leg kicking up. Uh, but I could just be projecting my own values onto the future values topiary. Now, holy cow, we're, we're lucky here. Look at that out that window. We see two people working. And one is standing and one is on their hands and knees and looks like they're planting. You could even see little, those aren't forks, are they? Is that a shovel or a spade? I guess I believe that's a shovel. And yeah, so they're working there, planting little green things. I do see a couple purple and white flowers. Uh, so it looks like they're planting flowers. And I would say, wow, that's pretty nice to see. Now, oh boy, are we lucky here because we're coming up on, uh, and we should be going in and out of here, uh, and you won't be able to see it because there's so much overhanging plant matter, but this is like an area that's highly humid, uh, and we're even, we even kind of pass through like an air, uh, what are those called, uh, like an air wall or something, but now you can kind of see the mist, and this is very, very uh, swampy region, and it's misty, oh boy, and you could see as we come around to this bend here, we're up against a river, and I can tell you that oh, this is a natural, like, so, like, there's a lot of uh, liquid here. And we do, now we do stimulate this. Uh, so that river was not here originally. It is, a, like, a elven construction. But all meant to complement, well, I mean, otherwise this would just be, a, like, a, and it, it, anyway, we, let's just set aside the, 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 the tisk and the task, uh, but... So underneath us is a, this is a very active but stable uh, geothermal region, and so all it did take was a little bit of that and a little bit of that, and then like roofing, you know, to keep out uh, the, the 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 temperate cold uh, to create this. Like it's like we could be much closer to one of the tri those uh, things that circle the globe. The tri. Is that what it's called, the Circle of Capricorn? I don't know. The trop Tropic of Capricorn, is that like, or is that a book that has a lot of uh, things that make you sweat in it? Uh, oh, but, uh, oh, yeah, I guess I forgot that we go right back out here. So, so we'll, hopefully we'll re be returning. Uh, I guess my notes are off uh, to the swampy region. Uh, but yeah, it looks like we're going on a winding path. Believe it or not, I fell asleep during the, the 
So I guess maybe I dreamed a portion of the whole thing. But now we're going through, uh, oh, I do have some notes here. Uh, is uh, These are roses and petunias coming up. Uh, and we're kind of going on a meandering path through some red. I see some red roses. I see some white roses. I don't know. If, I always heard the term pink petunias. Uh, and uh, they're on both sides of the train now, which is kind of exciting with those stone walls. Uh holding them at bay. Uh, and sometimes I'll be honest with you. I know that, uh, they also use when they, when you see a stone wall like that, uh, it may be that they were building up uh, the, the earth uh, to a higher level. So probably some sort of North pole production facility, maybe a top secret one, uh, where they test out, I don't know, remote control planes or something, that they don't want you seeing as a non, you know, as a visitor. But now we're taking a long bend and we're going to go through another air pocket or air wall. And uh, we were entering a little bit of a desert region. We're just going to go through here again shortly, but you could kind of see some, some different types of cactuses, uh, uh, and I actually have, so, uh, like, I'm still learning. Like, I know there's yucca, there's a barrel cactus, prickly pear, which, uh, and uh, agave, and it, maybe just a regular cactus. So, like, those look like the movie cactuses there in the back. They even have, or cactuses from video games, you're right, uh, because it does look like it has an arm, and that one even has a nice flower on it. And yeah, so this is this is more this is a part for for just the the enjoyment on the train too. And you're going to see coming up here is another area that looks like a manor, uh, and we'll see a couple of these on the tour. You can even see some statues, uh, and this is a, like a view in the back. They say, and like the the the, the like the back backside of a manor, uh, and you could see some plants there. I'm trying to see. I think I have some notes here uh, that that uh, uh, iris uh, hawthorn. Uh, oh, and that is an oak tree with the Spanish moss hanging from it. And there's other plants. Uh, there's definitely some ferny palm type trees there and some ivy against the back of the manor. And you may say, what does that manor serve? And I'd say it's probably the back end of, uh, I think it's a, like a, like a multi like it's the elven equivalent of an elven apartment building, but this is the backside. And I would assume that the, a lot of them have a common area. You know, they're built around a common plaza. And I think we're at an angle where there probably is that the plants are blocking, that maybe there are, like, the, the, again, our perspective is not great, but I would presume that there's elves enjoying their privacy in their breaks uh, in that garden area. Now, not every elf wants to live 
in a non in the not north pole you know the, the this isn't for every elf uh, this uh some would even say manufactured lifestyle but some elves do enjoy it uh and as we kind of pass the outskirts of that area you can see that uh this is a flower bed getting ready for something i'm not sure uh, I think this is one of those flower beds where during the different times of the flowering year, they would have uh, statues, or not statues, uh, like uh, within the like designs, floral designs, uh, is that what they call it? Like uh, of different things, because you can kind of see the way the bed is, uh, the that grouping of flowers is almost meant to look like a flower. And maybe that other one is a bird? I'm not sure. Oh, and then, uh, thank you, thank you, this uh, person coming through. This is not food. These are different uh, plants here. Uh, this one you may recognize as a daisy. And uh, this is uh, like a, a daisy. And the next one is a marigold. Luckily, they have tags on them. And this last beautiful one, oh, describe the daisy to you. So white and yellow, but, you know, I guess I would associate a daisy. This is a much more feathery daisy than I, if in my mind, I would have a much plainer daisy. And the marigold is very, uh, I don't know, that is a very rich color, set of colors, oranges and reds and blacks all together. Like also, almost autumnal in its coloring, but it has such a, like, like it's like a firework almost. And I think this is called a phylox because isn't pH and F the same, which I would have thought a phylox was something you used in biology class or chemistry class to measure. But it's a nice purple flower. I would have said this, what's it, is it a honeysuckle? Do you know about the flowers? Uh, I was visiting the person that does the sleep podcast, History of the North Pole. And uh, this was in the, the summer season, actually. And they showed me this plant where you, this flower, if you put it in your mouth, it tasted sweet. Uh, the butt of the flower, he said the butt of the flower tastes sweet. Uh, and I said, is this a honeysuckle? And he said, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but that's what the kind of phylox reminds me of. But the phylox has a little bit more of black and yellow highlights where that one had more of like an orange and blue. And my other notes say that these are usually like longer stemmed plants. Uh, oh, and thank you. Here's another round of plants for us to look at. We got uh, baby's breath. Now, this is something you get in flower. It's usually used as a supplement there. And this one here is yarrow. Hello, yarrow. I like to look at this yarrow. These kind of these two look like things you could we if we were frolicking. Oh, and that one's a coneflower. Coneflower looks a little bit like a um. Not a sun. It's it's not a sunflower, but you could say, well, I can see why'd you get called a coneflower, because it has yellow at the tips. It's a spread out flower, but it's a little. It doesn't have that big fuzzy middle or whatever. Is that where the sunflower seeds are? I've always wondered that. Uh, 
like if and a sunflower if the face of the sunflower is where the sunflower seeds are which would make sense because they see so many sunflower seeds but these other two and maybe a little bit of this coneflower would uh i could see myself running through uh because that's what we're seeing out the window while I'm talking, is the fields of what look like wildflowers. But I guess they're not, they're wild. I don't know if they're technically wildflowers because uh, it's a planned, you know, it's, well, it's a wildflower, planned, planned, planned wild, like, yeah, flowers. And also not that far we see on the outside, it is bordered still by other uh, things. So we do, we do see some sunflowers there. And I don't know if those are rose bushes uh, kind of creating its own uh, border on that side. And again, also controlling what we can see, the different levelings of the plants and the bushes. Uh, and what they could see on the other side, then they don't have to hear the train go by. Uh, people that don't like uh, tra- trains, train traffic, uh, even though this train's very quiet because it doesn't have a diesel-type engine. I always wonder what those, you see those at the edge there, those white flowers. And I think when I maybe I have something in my notes about it, but it, when you look up close, that uh, that 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 they're almost they look like they're furry. And it doesn't look like a flower. It just looks like the furry white type plant. You know what I'm saying? It, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and oh, those ones there, that's a different one. We're a little bit closer. That again is one. It looks like a flower, but as we get closer, that one, like, looks like a dust. It's dusted with powdered sugar or snow. That plant. Similar idea to what I was talking about before. Uh, but you know, like, uh, but, but not the same thing. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's, it looks like it was almost spray painted. You're correct. Uh, in some sense. And then here's another field of flowers. I guess, would you say these are wildflowers? I think maybe I'm seeing some of those ones, those names I forgot. Uh, I see, was those marigolds orange or is that some other flower? And then I see purple and those are little tiny flowers. It does look like a little bit wild. And then that pink and reddish flower. That one does not look as like like a, like a, what do you call that? Where you're, we're running like it's a TV commercial and our hair is flying behind us. Uh, maybe we're going into a lover's embrace or, you know, someone's embrace. I mean, these are very beautiful flowers, but they're very dense. Uh, it doesn't look like a, not an area picnicking, because you say, "Well, I probably have a little scratchy poo after running through those flowers," uh, and there's really no way to run through them without feeling like I'm trampling on their on them. So, different wi- group of wildflowers than that other one that was a little bit more spread out. This is a little bit higher density flower bed. Or, you know, flower field. Oh, now, here we go again. I think we're going out. I think we just went out and back in. I don't know if this is the desert or the edge of that, one of the swampier regions. But see those trees there. 
and I think these are oak trees again, covered in different kinds of ivy and moss. Maybe the Spanish moss, but also some other ivy. And there's also some co- a collection of uh, now. Those are this is all part of the plan. But you see some fallen trees. Now I think a lot of those have been moved there. Because then there's other things growing on the the old passed away trees that are on the ground, or even some are still standing. And even that, that uh, oh, there's a nice fountain there. Uh, maybe this is an area you could walk to from the other side. I don't know, but it's very nice. And, oh, as we come around here, there's another collection of roses on the other side of that fountain. And it kind of looks, and, and there's maybe a tree there, and then there's some other bushes. Uh, and I would say that they're all entangled again. And then some nice trees. Uh, and again, we see another building rising up uh, from behind the trees. And that building is stately, you're correct. It does have some towers, uh, it does have uh, its brick and stone. Now, that, I know for a fact, is one of our libraries, and it's known for having extensive grounds. Now, we can't see them. That's one of the purposes of those, I guess, those fountains, maybe were the edge of the grounds from the other side. But all those trees and the fact that uh, it's built up, the library's built up on a little bit of a hill and a rise, uh, what we can't see in the valley below us, because we also have these other bushes in front of us here, is uh, yeah, grounds the library for reading and strolling. I know there's sculpture gardens that I guess would be more for enjoying when you're there than from a view from a train. But yeah, we have, what else do we have here? Uh, different, uh, like... Uh, we can see out here the roses. There's some purpley plants uh, and some reddish plants, and then some pointy plants. Like I don't know what what are pointy plants called. Uh, and then I like those long flowering plants that look like they're stems with flowers. Oh, and then look at the hanging stuff. I wonder if that's the same plants you see when people's places, those air plants. It kind of looks like it, or hair. I'm surprised when you look, see it like that, it's like hair plants. But very, very pretty. And oh, we've exited again. And oh, we're, we're actually outside now. We're on the edge of region where, uh, this is an interesting region now. This is a transitory region too. And you see, yes, some shaped uh, evergreen bushes and trees here. Uh, and I, I think those are made, like, I know those are uh, yew trees, not U-Y-O-U. But those are yews uh, because uh, we use the yews uh, for different things, like in different styling, stylized gardens. But also the user here, because this is a transition zone, they're still off-gassing and releasing of heat and moisture. So where we're traveling right now is uh, uh, the roofs. There's no walls, even though we're in a slightly roofed region, to slowly being exposed to the outdoors.
And you're also going to see some, uh, like, uh, more bigger leafed plants uh, that are very nice. Oh, and now we're curving back inside. And again, this is, I think this is the same river, the Swampy River there. You even see some floating plants in there, and I don't know anything about them other than they're plants that are floating. Uh, they really uh, create a relaxing type mood, eh? Like make me relax. And I say this is that's pretty nice. These plants are pretty pretty nice, uh, and uh, they they look good. Just floating away, just floating. I wonder if they're, those are free-floating plants. Uh, and again, we're, we're going past some more gnarly trees with the uh, Spanish uh, oak and then a palm, some palm trees. Uh, oh, there's one, I think there's a palm tree called the Bismarck Palm because I thought of the, you know, like somewhere... You know, in the, the the greater North Pole, beyond the pole beyond the North Pole is uh, is a, it always reminds me of Bismarcky. So, I, like I say, well, uh, and then a, also the yew tree, but this is the Bismarck palm. One, I think, one of the this palm tree there. I don't know. I, they told me not to sing. They said, don't, like, uh, just let the, the biz, you know, rest and be at the pole beyond the North Pole. And I said, you, but we just passed use not that long ago, and now we have the Bismarck Palm. And because of this, another one, again, they said, don't, but this is a silk, silk, uh, something, silk plant, silk something, a silk tree it's very spiky so that again like i don't know that somehow i put that all together uh into a song but the, oh you, you use bismarcky silky spiky silky tree but yeah this is a very spiky silk silk tree i don't know if it has anything to do with silk itself uh but it's very very nice here and it's very towering. I mean, it's a towering thing. Now we're coming around here to some more of these structured, uh, these are, not all of them are geometric shapes, but these, where the, this is a place where bush, the bush, bush trimmers practice. So you see they have different, like, ways they've sketched out the gardens there. And, and so they have like the bushes. I think you would see this in the, the UK in particular, where you have the, the bushes arranged, and then in, inside the bushes you have some trees, you have some plants, uh, and the shape of the bushes. You know, some bushes are a little bit taller, and some are trimmed down low. Like, uh, and, and I think some of those are like, uh, plants you might have with tea or plants you might use in your garden. Oh boy. And next up we have a big, very large building that you can't even see. Now that is a living roof. Uh, I know that the, the California Academy of Sciences has a living roof, but these, these are, uh, A-frame type roofs here. 
or they could call them earth earthen roofs uh it's not it's earth covered roof uh correct yes and it's uh, got flowers wildflowers and grasses on there and i think if i could live somewhere i wouldn't want, i'd want to rent i would now want to own a, a home with an earth covered roof cuz it's say well what's the future maintenance costs you know also, ownership works differently here in the North Pole. But I say I wouldn't mind living in one because they said, well, it's got to be great uh, for maintaining the temperature, but probably outside of the controlled climates areas, but in the off season. But even in the winter, I'd say it would probably be tougher to freeze if, depending on how many layers it was and if it's warmer on the inside. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so we're coming back here. Uh, a couple more flowers to look at. This is a periwinkle. Uh, I want you to meet, isn't this? Is a, this is a like? Would you call that a pink periwinkle? Or I'd say it's almost like a, a not quite pink. Uh, but I don't know what color to call it. Uh, and I have a couple more flowers. This is a geranium. I always think of geraniums, uh, and I think of the smell of a geranium. And a poinsettia, poinsettias, uh, of course, that is the next flower. Uh, had to show you one of those. Couldn't let you get by without that. This one is a purple coneflower, also known as echinacea. Uh, you may, and now you say that looks a little bit like a purpley, uh, lavendery sunflower. And I'd say that's what it looks like to me because I just said it, uh, and yeah, see, it's a nice little flower there. It's got nice leaf. It's very leafy as well. And then here, this one that uh, my, my my helper here is holding is known as a hibiscus. So we have some flowers that you may have familiarized like uh, with other like hibiscus drinks or echinacea, other uses that you and the, the southern world use them for. And finally here and that we're approaching and going through is a grassland. And this is where we circle back into the station. And uh, they said some of this is decorative grass uh, uh, because it, this is, is both good for this. is These are hardy, hardy. Grasses are hardy plants or hardy. I don't know if that's H-A-R-D-Y. Or H-E-R-T, but both of those, to me, they have strong hearts and stout bodies, you know. And you see, some of them look like wheats, and some of them look almost flowery, you know. That's nice, too. And here we go back into the station with all of the hanging plants. Uh, I know it's supposed to have some statistics to impress you. And I know here at the North Pole we go through about, uh, uh, well, well, also the math is different. But so in your terms, I think it would be 30,000 or 300,000 uh, basket-based plants a year. Uh, and that's about uh, a different seasonally, uh, like you say, so says I'm like a thousand, like and I say you. It's about uh, 30,000 at a time right now, like about one-tenth. Uh, 
So you're seeing about 30,000 hanging plants in different stages of flowering and development. Uh, and I hope you enjoy the tour as you watch as we sway into the station, you know, the swaying of these uh, holiday. I guess this is like, a, like I hope your holiday season is informed by flowers and plants and just taking the time. Because that's what we hear, that's what inspires us. I guess that's what the goal of these tours is, is to know what inspires the North Pole is growth. Uh, you know, that's what I think the big boss is always looking for. They say, well, is it, the, the, you know, this is not an all or nothing situation. Is it already growing? And we like to be around growth too. Some of us, some are, are more, you know, straight, you know, North Pole purists, but not me. I love this tour. So I hope I, you know, I hope I get the position, uh, or I hope we become sustainable. I take you on, uh, but I have, you know, I have other tours planned for my testing tour phase. Uh, so thank you. This was the, the North Pole floral tour, no, not just flowers though. Growth to North Pole grow, growing things tour. Uh, thank you for attending.